Wade into wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is another edition of Wade into Wealth. I'm Chuck Wade, joined by my brother, Ethan. Uh, very good tie suit combination today i noticed it this morning and figured i'd hold that compliment uh until just now very nice very, very nice good of you. so if i looked like i was channeling my inner roy williams for north carolina uh, yeah, men's north basketball carolina. yeah well if you're listening via just audio only ethan's got a nice uh navy blue pinstripe suit on and a nice uh, i'd say robin's egg blue or carolina blue tie looks very good looks very good and if you're watching us on the uh wade into wealth youtube channel you could see what i mean either way glad to have you with us uh, last week, we talked about how we're paid, how we're compensated, and I think this is a good follow-up to that. We're going to talk about mutual funds, something we use all the time, something that are very, very common. I'd say probably the most common investment vehicle in the investment industry, and good time to shed some light on them, how they work, the pros, the cons, the expenses, and 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 so on. Right. And I think uh, mutual funds are probably the most widely used investment because in a lot of cases, they're the only available mm-hmm. investments in a 401k or a 457, 403b retirement plan that, that your employer is sponsoring for you. And so what is it? A mutual fund is just, it's, it's a blend of a variety of investments. There are some that are all stock. There are some that are all bond. There are some that are a combination of both. And I think if we're using an analogy, the best analogy is a basket of fruit. The basket mm-hmm. is the fund. And it holds different types of investments in it. You have the, uh, in your basket of fruit, you've got the bananas for the potassium, the oranges for the vitamin C, the carrots for the vitamin A and beta carotene. And each piece of fruit or vegetable serves its purpose and it has a role to play in a balanced diet. And in a mutual fund, each investment serves its purpose and has a role to play in the objective of what that fund is trying to, to accomplish and achieve. And there's a person or a team of people who you never meet that are actually running and making decisions on what should be in that fund, what investments, what type of investments, and what, what should make up the broader portfolio mix of, of what you're investing in. Yeah, yeah, that all makes sense, except for the part where the carrot is in the basket of fruit. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I know. thought that I tried yeah. to, you know, yeah. on a balanced yeah. diet. Yeah. I thought I needed some vegetables in there. But well, they're important. Uh, yeah. Just I don't know if the carrot qualifies as fruit. Tomato well, needs to be refrigerated. You know, do carrots need to be refrigerated? We refrigerate them. I think they're in a refrigerated area yeah. in the store. I mean, they so. are because that's how I make my general um, refrigeration determination is based on what I see at the store. Often, yep. is it yep. refrigerated there? Well, there's. Probably a reason for it. Well, my example was imperfect for sure. Okay. Do you refrigerate peanut butter? No. Okay. Mom and dad always, always did. did. I don't. It, to me, it makes it much harder to spread. Right, right. Room temperature peanut butter is a breeze to spread. That's, right. Uh, that's what I, I like. I would agree. I would agree. Mom and dad always did, and I always found You always had to, be... to work the peanut butter against yeah. the side of the jar to kind of soften it up a little bit yeah. so it was spreadable. Yeah, and if you're using a plastic knife, there just well, I mean, impossible. the potential yeah, it's going to break. break. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that uh, we both... Well, I'm glad we figured that out. I'm glad we, we see eye to eye yeah. on that. Maturity um, brought us room temperature yeah, peanut butter. Sure did. So, mutual funds, as you said, often found in retirement plans. That's in many cases, a lot of folks' first foray into investing 
is through or with a mutual fund. Um, and and that's, that's almost entirely appropriate because one of the biggest pros of them, one of the biggest positives of them is that they provide a very good, solid level of diversity. Most right. people, when they're starting off with investments, may not have a ton of capital or money to invest. And so putting it into Apple or Amazon or Tesla, I don't care what, one single investment, one single stock or company is not appropriate. Um, there's often costs associated with that as well. So a mutual fund can provide good, solid diversity, um, like a good, solid foundation in a home. Very appropriate for someone looking to start investing. Easier to contribute more modest dollar amounts to on a regular basis. That's something, too, when you're looking at, well, how do I build a portfolio of investments? Not everyone has thousands of thousands of dollars to start with. Mutual funds can be very easy to, uh, um, we've referenced our old friend uh, Ron Popeil before, to set it and, and forget it. Forget it. Yeah. And, and mutual funds are very good for that. And in short, they very often do most of the work for you. Right. And when we talk about diversity or diversification, we mean just not all of your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. And most mutual funds are going to own at least a hundred different investments yep. inside of it. And if you're you're just starting out, it allows you to get exposure and access to a broad range and a wide number of, of investments through just one, one avenue that uh, tends to work out pretty well over the long term. Cons. Well, you give up complete control to somebody mm -hmm. else. You yep. don't get to call the manager. In the beginning of, of this podcast, we talked about how there's a manager or a group of people making decisions on what's inside of, of that fund, and you can never get them on the phone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as what, when you're just starting out and building up your net worth, not a big deal, but as you start to get uh, more in the way of assets and you're seeking more control and transparency for the investments that you own, that certainly becomes uh, becomes a drawback because it's it's really just being ran for the broader audience as a whole and not specific to your unique circumstances. And if you're owning a bunch of mutual funds, chances are you have a lot of overlap mm -hmm. between them because a lot of funds will end up owning the same type of investments. And you may think that you're actually diversifying further when in reality you're just buying more investments that that own a lot of the, the same thing. But I think one of the biggest drawbacks is if you own a mutual fund in a non-retirement account, mm -hmm. meaning just an investment account, because you have no control over the taxable distributions that get kicked out at the end of the year. In a IRA or 401k or 457 plan, that doesn't matter because you don't have to pay taxes. But in an investment account, it does matter, and that does flow to your tax return. And so... Why do mutual funds kick out capital gains at the end of the year? Well, oftentimes to the end of the year, a mutual fund that owns 100 to 200 different investments, the fund managers who are the people that are making the investment decisions as to what the funds own and buy and sell, may look at it and say, well, we have these following investments have done very well. Apple has done very well if the fund owns a large position of Apple. We're going to sell some of that and take lock those profits and investment gains in, and we're going to sell some of that, and maybe we'll buy Tesla or we'll buy Procter & Gamble. doesn't matter. Um, those capital gains, in effect, selling an investment at a profit mm -hmm. is passed back on to the mutual fund shareholder. Right. And Regardless of how long you've held the fund. Right. And, and those are taxable. To you, So if you have received uh, $2,000 of capital gains distributions from a mutual fund, 
that is taxable. And you yeah. can go back a handful of episodes. We talked about Vanguard, an issue Vanguard had with capital gains distributions to unsuspecting shareholders that created some significant tax burdens. So that is certainly an issue. Yeah, you just, you just um, don't have to be aware of it. You know, it's, it's, I would say that's not necessarily a reason to avoid them completely because in some cases the, the diversity offered is still more appropriate than the fact that it may create uh, a tax burden uh, for you every now and again, but it's something to be aware of. Well, and the reality is everything in life has a pro and a con mm-hmm. and the yes. lack of the lack of control and transparency are the cons for yep. mutual funds. There, there's no perfect ideal investment. That is the end all be all of you should own this. And, and this is uh, the best thing for you. It's everything comes with, it has its benefits, mm-hmm. it has its drawbacks, and it's just determining what matters most to you and, and your circumstances. Yeah, it certainly does. Can a mutual fund, can can mutual funds or can folks be too diversified with mutual funds? Yes. Yeah. We see and there's actually, actually been a fair amount of yeah. statistics that have shown that the more diversified your portfolio <laughs> is, you actually end up seeding some performance because you just end up diluting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly significantly. Well, there's that. The 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 more investments you have, the the weaker performance has been over long periods of time. Mm-hmm. The other thing you mentioned earlier, and that I wanted to just expand upon, is what's called overlap, which is the fact that, look, there are thousands of mutual funds, and while they all are different in some way, shape, or form, there are actually many, many similarities. Oh yeah. Let's take what's uh, okay. Um, there are many categories, one being large cap growth, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a mutual fund category. What does that mean? That means these are funds that typically own very large companies that are poised for growth. So in a scenario like this, I'm willing to go out on a limb that if you pick 10, I don't care, pick any number of large cap growth mutual funds. They'll all pretty much have the same top holdings. They're all going to have the same top holdings. Very likely you'll see things like Amazon, Netbook, net, netbook, netbook, yeah, Netflix, Netflix. Facebook, Google, Microsoft. Yeah. Um, it's very you're you're going to see the the a very Apple a mm-hmm. very similar mix, and so what ends up happening is we think, oh, I own all these different mutual funds. It's very diversified. I'm very well spread out. No, if you were to take it and really, really go, you know, peel back the veneer, you probably have a lot of more a lot yep. more of the same investments than you would think. So these are all, all things to be aware of. Um, so how do they cost? Um, these are not free. Um, and there are different ways that the fees and, and costs of mutual funds are, are handled. Right. There's two different, I mean, most notoriously, two different ones. The A-share mutual fund and the C-share mutual fund. And just as everything in life has a pro and a con, mm-hmm. so, do, uh, so do these. And an A-share mutual fund tends to be better for a long-term investor. Every mutual fund, whether you go with a, a financial advisor or you just working through your retirement plan at work, every mutual fund has what's called an internal expense ratio, which is not advertised on your account statement. It's not advertised on your retirement plan statement. If you look up the fund symbol, you will find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the managers inside of the fund and the company providing that fund get paid as a factor of the internal expense inside of it. So if, if a mutual fund is charging you 1% as an internal expense and you have $100,000 invested into it, you're paying $1,000 of an internal expense. You don't see that. You don't get billed for it. 
but it does come out of the performance that is reflected yep. in in your account. And so with an A share mutual fund, which makes the most sense for a long-term investor, there is a one-time upfront charge, which goes as high as five and three quarters yes. percent. And if you're investing more than a million dollars, typically, you know, there, there's varying rates, but if you're investing more than a million dollars, that can get wiped out for you and, and not have an upfront cost. But the internal expense on those, because there is that upfront charge, is less than some of the other alternatives. The C-share mutual fund... So hold on one second. Yes. Let's talk about a breakpoint. Okay, yeah, what a, okay. a breakpoint I, I kind of glossed you, over that very you, quickly. You touched on it. So there's what's called A-share mutual funds, which have an upfront sales charge. All have what's called a breakpoint associated with them. Think of it like shopping at Sam's Club or a large, right. large value discount warehouse store. It's a volume discount yep. where they're saying, look, if you let's take American funds, for example. American funds on a stock mutual fund, 5.75% up to $25,000. If you have more than $25,000, that is drops down to 5. Drop that is reduced and it reduces again at 50, it reduces yep. again at 100. So there are different levels where if you have enough money invested or declare over a certain period of time I am going to invest X amount of money into this fund, you are eligible for a reduced sales charge. Mm -hmm. They're called breakpoints. They're very important and there's something that needs to be monitored that we monitor when we're looking at, well, over a period of time, how much is someone investing? Um, that's also a reason why it makes sense in some cases to not be owning 25 different mutual fund companies investments, because mm -hmm. you can often get a, a discount with a single mutual fund family. Correct. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I, I have a note. We, we need to go over that as well, but let's talk about C shares now. Well, why don't we talk about that while we're on it? Uh, okay. Uh, so mutual fund families, what do we mean? I reference there are thousands of mutual funds you can buy. You, If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to go out on a limb. You've likely heard of a company called Vanguard, maybe Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, Franklin Templeton. The list goes on and on. Lord Abbott. They're all mutual fund companies. They have their own mm -hmm. mutual funds and likely several of them. And there are so many of these companies out there. I have no idea how many there are. Yeah, it's yep. not even pointless to count. Um, so how do we figure out which one's best? We'll put you on the spot. How we do don't. I, okay. I mean, but if I think we identify which ones that are going to fit your mm -hmm. situation and your circumstances, because everyone has their own kind of sweet spot. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when you find a family that, that works best for your company providing that, you typically want to have the rest of your investments associated with that family because it will cost you less money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it has to be the same fund because each business or each company has thousands of funds that they offer. But maybe you have a thought on how we find the best. I have yet to find the best, <laughs> but perhaps you have. No, no, because the reality is, too, when you're looking at mutual funds, the way they're often evaluated is on performance over different periods of time. Historical performance. Historical performance, which is in no way, shape, or form an indication of future performance. Right. Um, but you can look at and say, well, which fund is the best over a one-year period of time? Over three, over five, over 10, over 20, over the lifetime of the funds. The reality is you're going to have a different answer mm -hmm. for each one. My general thought is there's not one that's the best. There's typically not one that's the worst. Right. Is we look for ones that are of good quality, that may have fund managers or teams of fund managers, not just one person making investment decisions, but a group 
so that if something were to happen to one of the fund managers, it's not all blown up. Mm -hmm. We look for ones that are, um, from a cost perspective, the most reasonable. There are certain fund companies that have lower cost funds um, that may make sense in some cases because their expenses are less. Um, I think often people can get a little too crazy with, you know, different mutual funds from different companies. Yep. Um, we should state that in 401ks though, a lot of this kind of goes out the door because it's very unlikely yeah. in many cases, if you have 401k there, there will likely be investments from T Rowe price or Vanguard or fidelity. Right. You're not paying an upfront sales charge in those cases. So mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. And often you have to own different mutual funds, but as we invest, we typically look to remain within families because it allows our clients uh, better discounts on pricing. And as long as the performance is um, appropriate, it makes more sense to, um, from an investment perspective. Warren Buffett is not considered one of the most successful investors because he has had the best mutual fund every year. He's just had good consistency. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really what you want to look for from a company that's helping you with your investments. Have good consistency. Over time, that tends to yield the best results mm -hmm. instead of trying to strive for the best investment each year thereafter because otherwise you're chasing returns and it doesn't work out very well for you. Something I want to be aware of or mention, we talked about this last week and then we can wrap things up, is that mutual funds often are involved in investment portfolios where you're also paying an annual management fee. Mm -hmm. And this is something to be aware of because you are often allowed the opportunity to own uh, what are called um, advisor share or, you know, different share mutual yep. classes that may have a lower internal expense ratio. But that annual cost, that annual expense is still there. And so it's something worth being aware of. If you're paying 1% to your investment advisor and you have a portfolio of just mutual funds, there is an additional cost in there mm -hmm. to be aware of. Right. And it's not to say that it is right or wrong. Because I don't know your own personal investment situation, goals, needs, expectations, but something to be aware of and something I would say to ask about occasionally. Yes. There's no harm in asking no. and having a general idea of what that is. We do have to t take a step back because we did not address what a C-share mutual fund is. We still haven't gotten to that. We, nope. We jumped over it. Which is uh, why I wanted to do it before we moved on to something else. That's also why there's two of us. This is someone who knows. Yeah, well, self-awareness. I thought I'd forget. <laughs> uh, so the to recap, the A-share mutual fund, better for a long-term investor, has an upfront cost but a lower internal annual expense ratio. A C-share mutual fund is much better for a short-term investor. There is no upfront cost but it does have a higher internal expense ratio. And as long as you hold it for longer than a year, you can get out of that investment without paying a fee to, to liquidate it. Yes. So that really makes sense for a shorter term investor. You want to invest for a couple of years. C-share is going to be your most cost efficient route, um, but it's an available option, but the industry as a whole has been kind of migrating away from, from those over the past handful of years. Yeah, because in general, you're looking at mutual funds as more long-term investments. Right. And there is um, there there are calculators that can show you over which period of time does having an, yep. a C-share or an A-share make the most sense. If you're only planning on a year or two, often a C-share can be a more appropriate investment option in that case. Right. If you're looking a little further out, three, five, seven, ten years or longer, oftentimes the A-share makes the most sense because over that lifetime, the expenses will be significantly less. Yes. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. I think we have covered mutual funds. Have we missed anything? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then we shall return uh, next week. As always, thank you for being with us. Thanks for giving us just a small amount of your time each week. We're very thankful of that. And Wade into Wealth will return next week. Thanks for being with us. Contact the Wade Group at Wade Group at BrightonSecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities.